the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where are our souls finding their home? Where are our souls finding their home? Because the answer to that question is going to absolutely dictate our experience in this life at any given moment or any particular season. Where is our soul finding its home? In the intro week that was sung by the choir at the very beginning of this Mass, setting the stage for the whole Mass, we hear these words from the Psalms. One day in your courts is better than a thousand. Oh, how amiable, lovely, wondrous, beautiful. Oh, how amiable are thy dwellings, thou Lord of hosts. My soul hath a longing to enter into the courts of the Lord. That intro comes from Psalm 84, which is normally given the title of this psalm as the blessedness of dwelling in the house of God. It's a psalm, and you can hear it in the psalmist's voice, and we'll hear more in a few minutes. It is a psalm of longing after God. It's a psalm of seeking with everything within us to behold God in His holy temple. And it's a psalm of the expression and the knowledge of the blessings that come from living a life in His presence in that sacred place. Let's hear a bit more of this psalm. Verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. Are you hearing the cry of the psalmist? This is a yearning, and it's the cry of someone who has known the presence of God in the sacred place. He has known the presence of God, which is why he's yearning to get back to experience the presence of God in the tabernacle. And because of that, he longs to be more and more there in the presence of God. Listen to his words. My soul longs even faints for the courts of the Lord. You know, that Hebrew expression that this was written in, when it says his soul is fainting for the courts of the Lord, the language is telling us that my soul is exhausted from my longing for you. I'm even wearied within myself, the psalmist is saying, wearied because of the lack of experience of you. And I need to get to that holy place where I can be with you and experience you. And I'm exhausted from that yearning. This is a beautiful expression of his love and need for God. In exhaustion, his soul's crying out to God because he knows that only the presence of God is going to satisfy and water that need and bring his soul to contentment. And he also knows that nothing, absolutely nothing else will. And there's plenty that would lead him to the opposite direction in his life. And this is where we come upon the words of St. Paul. From his letter to the Galatians in chapter 5. St. Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, pursue God, live in and from God, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what's the church's definition of lust? We're talking about the passions, but let's get even more specific to understand it clearly. 
what is lust because it goes beyond just things of a sexual nature. It's far beyond that. Lust is the counterfeit and misdirected longings of the human soul. The counterfeit and misdirected. In other words, when our souls are directed towards something other than God's. And we pursue something outside of God for our fulfillment, for our satisfaction, for our joys, for our, all of that. That is what lust is, the cravings of things outside of God. Lust is that broken craving, that craving that our suffering within us and the lack that needs to be fulfilled within us is constantly crying out, but it's crying out to something other than God. Just like we've been talking about in our adult discipleship with despondency, when our souls gravitate and they try to be soothed and nurtured and filled by something outside of the Lord our God, Christ our healer. And the result of those actions when we give in to the lusts and the cravings and we pursue those things to satisfy us to fit and to fill us, it results in something so very detrimental to our very being and our human experience in this life even. And of course it's detrimental to others as well. And St. Paul talks about these actions that stem from our lusts, from our broken and unhealthy cravings things we pursue outside of God when he says in verse 19 of chapter 5 now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions heresies envy murders drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who give way to the passions, those who give way to the lust, those misdirected cravings toward anything other than God. They are doing themselves a disservice by denying themselves in those moments the very grand experience of God. And because of the lack of experience of God in our lives when we choose those things, we are not walking in, we are not experiencing, and we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Whereas St. Paul says, those who direct their longing, their craving, their sufferings towards God, they experience something entirely different in this life and beyond. Listen to what St. Paul says about that. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you see such a stark difference in these two lists? Listen to the words of those two lists, and they are so polar opposite, even as they feel rolling off the tongue and into the ear. They are totally different. And the latter list is far more enticing to me than the former. Listen to St. John Chrysostom on the struggle of the soul with this. He says, the soul is situated in the middle of the struggle between virtue and vice. And if the soul uses the body as it was designed to make use of the body, it makes itself more spiritual. But if it departs from the spirit 
and yields itself to evil desires, it renders itself less than it was truly created to be. And every one of us knows this experience when in the moments of our life we choose to pursue other things and the immediate lessening of the experience of our humanity in this life comes upon us. And we run back to God, or I pray we do very quickly, to find redemption and healing and restoration and what starts to flood into our lives a settledness, a joy, a contentment, a peace that can't be explained. Listen to how St. Jerome actually describes just two of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that St. Paul talks about. The want joy and peace. He says, by joy, we mean an elation over things that are worthy of exaltation. I want to tell you something. I'll say that again. An elation over things that are worthy of exaltation. When our eyes get fixed upon Christ in the sacred space of this place or in the sacred space of the soul, when our souls are fixed upon Christ and He is revealing Himself to us, we experience what the psalmist longed for from his prior experience. When Christ reveals Himself, He lifts the eyes of our soul into heaven to see Him clearly, to see His kingdom. And as a reflection, we see our true humanity who we were truly created to be. And our very being itself not only settles, but it experiences the joy of having our soul lifted out of this muck. Our soul lifted up to behold God in His temple. And we find everything that our cravings, our very real cravings, our very real lack, our very real suffering has been crying out for all of our days. When we meet with God in that sacred space. Let's return to the rest of Psalm 84 for just a moment, or at least a few more pieces of it. The psalmist writes, Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Again, we go to St. Jerome to understand what the psalmist is saying because he's talking about the restfulness of God that he gives us. St. Jerome says, notice all this verse implies. I long, O Lord, for an eternal dwelling places. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. I long for some place to dwell, a nest for my soul and body. The birds that fly about to and fro with no restraint, nevertheless, after their flight, have a place and a nest in which to rest. Where is the place of rest? Wherever we are finding God in the moments, it is certainly here in the sacred space that we are in. And we experience the holiness of this place where God dwells with all of us so beautifully and wondrously. But it is also in this temple right here, in this holy place, in this sanctuary, in the moments of our lives. And I tell you, I thank God that we can experience His lifting our souls by beholding Him in both of those places because I've needed them both at various times in my life. And I tell you, I have my mind when I saw this. It went to a period of seven years. It was a very difficult time for me. By God's grace and mercy, it was a difficult time for me. It's when I came into the Orthodox Church. When I came into the Orthodox Church, I had to lay down my pastoral ministry and I had to lay down my collar. And just trust God with whatever He wanted to do in my life. But I had to have the faith that saves the soul given by Christ our God. 
But don't think that wasn't an immense struggle for me. I loved being a shepherd. And in fact, one of the things that God was weeding away from me was my identity was getting too wrapped up in ministry. And so he took some time to unwind some of that and do some great healing. But I tell you this, that during the weeks, especially during those first two or three years, that long period of time, I was really struggling to find the peace and joy of God here in those moments. But I will tell you that the entire time of those two or three years, when I would step into the nave in the narthex, and I would behold the paradise of God in Christ's holy church, that that was literally the only hour and a half to two hours where my soul was at rest and my soul was at peace because God was present and I was aware and awakened to his presence. How we need to long for the sacred place of God where we can be with God here, but how we also are to take that into our lives so that we might continue to experience it. And sometimes when we're hurting because of the weaknesses of our humanity, thank God for this rock, this cornerstone of liturgy that keeps the rock under our feet and keep our souls lifted to God. That he might have mercy and heal and open our hearts once again to experience him in the daily through our spiritual journey with him. This is what the psalmist is yearning for. And it's what Jesus invites us to that we hear every mass when he says from Matthew chapter 11, the gospel of St. Matthew chapter 11, come to me. But understand that invitation, come to me means make me your dwelling Make me that which everything in you is seeking after, is longing after. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. We continue in Psalm 84, from what you heard in the intro here. For one day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he, will he withhold from those who live uprightly. My friends, there is no better place to be than in any and every present moment. God to be with God. Here in his eternal court where he's eternally present in the liturgy and everywhere that we go. We may experience the same joy that the psalmist was longing to get back to again and again. Because God wants to reveal himself. It is his nature to reveal himself. He wants to be known by his people. And he wants from being known to be longed for so that we can know him more. So that a greater joy and a greater peace and a greater stability can be found in the life of all of his precious children. Where are our souls finding their home? It's a great question to ask most minutes of every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.